build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes for the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Welcome to the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. We have an early edition this week, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, no Zoe today. He's hard at work, hard at working man, hard working man. But I am here with Kevin and Mitch, and we have we have some actual moves to talk about. Uh, Chris Getz uh, getting a lot of players. I don't know if any of them are good from the Atlanta Braves for Aaron Bummer. Uh, White Sox have a new shortstop, Paul DeJong. Uh, we're going to probably hear that name pronounced like a thousand different ways this year, so that's going to be fun. Uh, Eloy Jimenez trade rumors, Dylan Cease trade rumors, and then, and then, we'll save this for a little later. For Cubs fans, we have some Bo Bichette trade rumors out of nowhere. That, I mean, that's fun. I was a little those rumors, but... Uh... <laughs> Might if not. I don't want to attack the original source, uh, we'll get to that a little bit. <laughs> We're going to have Can- uh, all of Canada uh, just uh, flying into Vegas, uh, Kevin. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> they can come visit the Cup if they'd like. <clears throat> <laughs> so let's start off with the uh, team who uh, did make some moves, the White Sox. Uh, I think as Zoe uh, kind of talked about uh, back in October when we were kind of surveying what the White Sox could do this offseason, he was like, they might be active, but it's just going to be a lot of meh moves. And so far, they've been kind of meh moves. He's been different than Rick Hahn, maybe, kind of. Uh, is it going to be better? I guess we'll see. But Mitch, where do you want to start off? The the trade, the the new shortstop. We can go. We'll go. We can go in order. We can start with the trade. Let's do that. So Aaron Bummer gets traded to the Atlanta Braves. Um, they get uh, Nick Madrigal Light and Nicky Lopez. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, by the way, this just seems like it was a White Sox thing because, as I mentioned right after the news broke, uh, they were interested in trading for him last offseason. Uh, so they finally got his man, his man, uh, their man, another former Royals legend. I mean, it just keeps coming up. I know, I know it's annoying, but it keeps coming up. <laughs> I mean, if it keeps happening, then is it really like? <laughs> uh, they get him. They get uh, the guy who used to be good in 2019, Soraka, Soroka, Soroka. I thought it was Soroka, but it might be Soraka. not Sarasha. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the biggest bounce back. Let's hope this guy is good. He's been injured and bad for the past four years. Uh, Then a couple other depth guys. uh, Another, I think it was another middle infielder, another pitcher. Jared Jared, uh, Schuster, uh, who was probably going to be a fifth starter for him. Um, And then they got two, two depth pieces. It was Brandon Shoemake and Riley Goins were the other two. There we go. Those are some very good MLB the show names because there's no way yeah. <laughs> uh, we we knew who those guys were before this trade. Mitch, Aaron Bummer. I mean, obviously, we know that there is the uh, there's a portion of the fan base who kept pointing at the analytics, and I was I was one of those guys. I wanted him. Uh, I wanted the Cubs to go after him uh, at the trade deadline uh, this past summer. 
Uh, but Aaron Bummer was uh, his overall numbers, just like whatever he produced, was really bad in 2023. Uh, but obviously, the Braves are counting on uh, their better infield defense that they have in Atlanta. What do you got? Aaron Bummer's gone. So I think a lot of fans were blinded by their Aaron Bummer hate during this during this trade. And I can see why people don't like Aaron Bummer. I mean, when you got like a close to a 70 RA, like as a reliever, obviously you're not going to be making many fans. But as you mentioned, and I think, and I'm not even against them trading him. I think it's smart. They don't need a high quality reliever, but I think Aaron Bummer is still a very good pitcher. Uh, I think if you look at the analytics, like you said, a lot of soft contact ran into some bad luck behind a terrible defense. Now, not all of it was bad luck. He did walk way too many guys. He was wild, and he also contributed to some of that poor fielding. But as you mentioned, a lot of the numbers, like his expected ERA, was in the threes. So you look at how, like, the the contact he was making, very soft. I think he's going to have a breakout season in Atlanta. I think that's a good pickup for him. I think he's a solid reliever, just needed a change of scenery. So (laughs) there's a reason he got that large extension from the White Sox back in 2019. His sinker's also filthy. For the Sox, though, too, and this is why I also think a lot of people got to pump the brakes in this trade. One, they were just happy to get rid of Aaron Bummer. And then you see, like, oh, my God, five guys back in return for a guy that – but if you're looking at the quality of players we're getting – like sometimes like quantity does not always equal quality. The only guy I really think that was a solid pickup and that was Mike Troca. But even then you're coming to the guy that had two seasons that he couldn't play due to injury. He had an Achilles tear. He's only 26, but it's kind of like a hardened 26. He's not like really 26 given the injury history. So they're hoping for an ultimate bounce back season, which could happen. Maybe he can work his magic. And if he is, then you can extend him. And then if not, no harm, no foul. But all those other guys they got were DFA candidates. So it's not like they got anyone the Braves actually wanted. Like, and, and then they got like the two, the shoemaker and um, Goins were just like kind of throwing a dart, like just throw on pieces. I don't think they got like any quality for Aaron Bummer, especially when Getz came out and said like, yeah, we had a couple teams interested in him. I feel like they didn't really maximize the value they could have gotten out of him, getting a bunch of guys they probably could have gotten anyway because they were going to get DFA. I am interested to see what Soroka can do. Um, you know, he was very good before those injuries 2019 he was fixed i think in the nl young voting so oh yeah you know he was great nicky lopez too i mean i guess the defense- come on mitch you got to give nicky lopez more love this is what the Sox are going to be now they want to <laughs> be the fundamentally well, good defensive team contact hitters <laughs> that and the de young which we'll get into i think oh, both defenses now. i'm back he told us what direction he wanted to go in. Younger, more athletic, better, or not young, more athletic, better defensively. And he's putting his money where his mouth is there. But Nicky Lopez is not a good hitter. I, I do not think he's a, I think he's more of a utility infielder. We already have enough of those. So um, the bar is set pretty low at second base, but I don't think Sox fans are going to be that happy with Nicky Lopez. Sure, the infield defense is going to be good, which would be nice. But man, the offensive numbers. Pretty rough when you look. That, yeah, Nicky Lopez. I was looking at him back because he had that one great year. Uh, I think it was twenty twenty one, maybe or twenty twenty two, when he hit like three hundred for the Royals. He had, he put up like a six war season because uh, he still played a pretty good uh, defense at shortstop, and obviously you get more value there. Uh, but other than that, he's been uh, atrocious offensively. I, like I said, I was, was like people were making the comparisons when Nick Madrigal came up with the White Sox. It's like oh, it's just Nicky Lopez, but like even at the time, Nick Madrigal was like. A far advanced hitter, no, yeah. Nicky Lopez. And even then, Magical hasn't had that great of a time the last few years. Um, I I am kind of glad the White Sox 
um, I, we kept seeing those reports, you know, after Chris gets uh, took over, and it's like, well, what direction are are they going to take? And we, I think it was Scott Merkin was like, indications are they're trying to, they are trying to compete. And I think Bob Nightingale said the same thing after the trade deadline. Um, but, but if you look at these moves, um, and we'll get into you guys' new short, new starting shortstop now. These, this just Kevin. This just reminds me of uh, the Cubs' 2022 offseason, or like no, the Cubs' 2021 2022 offseason. They did get uh, Stroman and Say Suzuki that offseason, but most of the other moves were like fringe MLB guys, guys who had success in the past. You're hoping that they bounce back. You're hoping that everything goes well, and maybe you're in the wild card race. I don't know what else Chris Getz can do free agency wise. Cause again, that is, it's well noted. The White Sox just don't spend big in free agency. So he's got to do other big trades. There are a couple of names that uh, we'll get to later, but I think the, you can kind of see 2024 is kind of a, yeah, like they're, we're not actually trying to, they're not trying to compete. They're just trying to be competitive to like not lose 100 games. Again. It feels like a bridge. Yeah, it's a it's total great year. Long-term solutions. And it's that a good gap year. They're, go, they're going out to Europe this uh, next year. It's either guys you're rolling the dice on to bounce back or guys that you're just hoping will fill a stopgap role until the year after. Like, none of these seem like long-term contender or, like, long-term pieces. And that's why for the bummer trade, I only graded it as, like, a C, C-. minus. A lot of people, oh, it's a C-. Minus. I got five players back. Like, once again, <laughs> like, you're rolling the dice in Soroka, and then you're getting a bunch of other guys that – aren't very good MLB players or you're just like dart throws. So yeah, I don't know. I, it didn't move the needle for me. I, I think it's fine. You know, it address some holes, but I don't think it's anything. that I think at first, yeah, definitely getting the, the, the five players back. Everyone's like, what? And then you see Aaron Bummer's the ERA and you're like, well, Oh, what a steal from Chris Gatz. But I think you, when you do digging deeper, it's like, I mean, even the, uh, the Atlanta reporters who obviously know the team better. They're like, yeah, a couple of these guys were going to be DFA'd before the tender deadline anyway all the braves did was save some money so like if anything it was probably a steal for for the braves and again i still like aaron bummer a lot i think he's could be a very good reliever he's been a great reliever the walks are a concern but if he gets that uh under control kevin though but from an outside perspective here not uh so and we'll get into uh Dijon, the Dijon signing. Like what? What are you seeing from the Sox here? Like uh, Chris Betts, he is changing the team. He said he didn't like the team, so he's getting new players. <laughs> new haircuts too. No, he, this is a, this is a this is something that that a guy that comes in and takes over does. He's probably you know when you're when you are not in charge, right? So like I'm sure Chris Getz sat last season because he was part of the White Sox organization. Probably sat and watched and observed a lot of the stuff that's been going on over the last you know whatever couple of years. And you know, when you're in those positions, you're kind of like, if I were in charge, I would do this. You know, you're kind of you kind of like in your own private way. You're not telling other people this, but you're playing the game too, right? You're trying to play that 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 strategy game too. Like, well, if I were in this situation, what would I do? And so Getz has probably had like what I would do as a plan. Uh, and Zoe's with us, by the way, if you guys are listening at home. Um, but he has a plan that maybe he wanted to try. So now he has an opportunity. He's been given the keys. So now he's gonna drive and I think some of these moves are things like, man, if I could do this and I could do this, I can move these pieces around here. So you'd, you'd think that he almost can come out a little hot because he is familiar with the with the White Sox organization as well. But the one thing that he needs to do more than anything, and, I, and these are nice like fringe moves for the White Sox, but 
if he really wants to get the White Sox fan base like really supercharged, he's going to have to make some sort. I mean, cutting Tim Anderson is not the move that like moves the needle, right? It's got to be some acquisition where White Sox fans go, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now these are nice, strange moves. That's what I'm because like you know Mike Soroka was talking about like oh like I'm really impressed with this vision. Well, I would like to see what that vision is sooner rather than later because none of these moves. Seem I'd be impressed with that Hoyer, vision too. Jed Hoyer did it perfectly. Jed Hoyer dropped the bomb with the Craig Council thing to start the offseason and look at look at just the mindset of Cub fans as a result of just one move that says hey let's go we're in this and that's what White Sox fans really are looking for right I mean you guys need something that kind of like just kind of starts the engine for our podcast like little, listeners that's, that's oh like hold on so hold on I'm setting the... up I'm setting up your uh, big uh, entrance here for our podcast listeners YouTube already knows what's going on uh we have a big <laughs> surprise big guest <laughs> Making time for this show. We got our fourth and fifth members of the program. We got Zoe and baby Zoe. Zoe, thoughts? I said waiting for him to drop that big move is like a kid waiting by the fireplace on Christmas morning waiting to see the fat fuck. It ain't happening, dude. So, <laughs> and in two. And in two. Uh, no, Thank, you, Bardo. The parking lot. Thank you, Bardo. But, um, you guys put my boss move. Sleep. That's good. That, that's but, how you um, I don't mind the Aaron Bummer play. It's fine. Everybody hates Aaron Bummer anyways. He'll do okay in that park because he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, and that's what the Braves needed. The guys they got back in return, of course, what's Sori, Sora? I can't. If I can't see the name. Soroka. Soroka. Of course he likes the vision because the vision's giving him another chance. And also (laughs) the vision is ground ball pitchers with guys that can't hit worth the shit that can play defense. Do you know how much money I'm going to make this year betting the White Sox unders? This kid's going to college off that. If you follow- Clip that. Clip that when they yeah. average seven runs a game. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Perfect, perfect transition. You no, know, it's definitely going to happen, Fitz. Are you not excited about home run hitter Paul DeJong? Paul DeJong? Paul DeJong? Copy- yeah. He's going to be DeJonging oh. all over the south side. Oh. No, that's, that's copyright Chicago sports bombs. They already called dibs on that. But, uh, I don't give a fuck, dude. That's what I said on Twitter. I don't care, dude. It's we all actually we knew this was coming. I mean, literally. Yes. If we're, yes. Yes, yes. We did. If we're if podcasts are now taking credit for breaking things by just merely discussing them on their show, we definitely broke this a long time ago. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, it's a move, dude. He's a guy. I mean, you're replacing statistically the worst player in baseball yesterday, so that's fine. I mean, good, you did it, and he plays the field well, which I will give Gets credit. He said what he was going to do, and he's doing it. He's getting a bunch of little white dudes that can feel ground balls, and he's getting cheap ground ball pitchers. And, yeah, I mean, that's it. So, uh, Are you going to fall in love with Nicky Lopez when he hits 350 in spring training? No. Yes, and, <laughs> yes, and apparently uh Cardinals fan called Paul DeJong, uh, Paulie April, or was it April? Paulie April? Because okay. apparently he starts okay. he starts the season really well and then disappears, so get ready for that love fest, baby. Woo! <laughs> it's gonna be Mitch's favorite player. Mitch is gonna have the '83 throwback Paul DeJong in fucking two months. All right, <laughs> yeah. Mitch Stand is. Is Paul DeJong going to make you forget about Tim, Am- Tim-, Tim Anderson becoming an all-time White Sox? It's not even, see, like, in this <laughs> I was not. I was, 
Uh, and I was trashing DeYoung a few weeks ago because I don't think he's a good hitter anymore. There's a reason that he got traded for and then DFA 13 games later. He's not he's not good. Now, the defense will be better. I, I, it's can't, I can't even be upset about the move, though, because it is just a placeholder at the end of the day. It's yep. cheaper than Tim Anderson. Maybe he'll hit a few home runs. He'll play some good defense. So I get why they did it. Um, but I'm still, I don't know. It's not even worth being upset over. But I, I would still rather. Well, here, 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 here. Baby Zoe, give us your reaction to Chris Katz's offseason. Exactly. He's fucking sleeping. So. <laughs> he, he also could be pooping at the same time. Correct. No. All right, Feds. We're, we're, we're going to potty now, buddy. Me and. Oh, but, but you're sleeping and shit. I mean, oh. we both learned. Charles um, are old man standards too. <laughs> buddy might shit his pants last week. So. So, all right, fellas, but I just want to chime in while I had a minute. Apparently driving around a jewel parking lot the day before Thanksgiving, probably not my brightest idea because I almost got in three accidents doing this. <laughs> it's um, like, you're cold. It's kind of reminds me of when, like, the camera goes haywire on your end, but it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Those could have been people I mean, at your wedding. They were cold. They were cold. Um, all right, fellas, I'll keep listening. Thanks for putting babies over to sleep. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Appreciate you. We're very thankful for all your love and support over the years, and especially this year. It's been a fantastic year, and uh, I will see everybody next week. Let's go. All right, Zoe also wearing a Dodgers hat. He's ready to uh, cheer on Dylan Cease out in L.A. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that after some bow talk. Which, by the way, does include the Dodgers. Ironically enough. That was, that's been there. one of the first mentions this offseason. So, Kevin, you know what? Let's just take it away. Bobachette, Cubs, what have you been hearing? What have All you been right. not making up? We need to make that very clear. We're not just making things up for Cubs. Yeah. No. And if you've listened to this show for a long period of time, let's just preface it for this first. For those of you that might be joining us for the first time, um, let's just preface this with um, where I'm from. I'm here in Las Vegas. Okay. Those of you that listen to the show know, and yeah, I'm going to have to mention it. Yeah, I was Chris Bryant's high school baseball coach for four and a half years. Um, so uh, during my time here, I've built a lot of relationships with scouts. I mean, God, when you have one of the best players in the country playing for you for four and a half years, um, you're going to build relationships with every single skill advisor, skill evaluator, every person that, you know, whether it's Keith Law down the line, they, they, these people, you build relationships. And so I've, I've, you know, 25 years in this community, it's like, a, it's, it's smaller than the average community as far as baseball is concerned, especially uh, if you were in in you know the late '90s, early 2000s, and so we've built a lot of relationships here. So yes, on our show, we've broken a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, I when I joined the show, if you guys will recall, the uh, the Bryce Harper to the Phillies thing was the first thing that I dropped on this show, and that was in like November, right? When I was at the winter meetings, and I told you, you know, that was like my first thing that I ever did on this show was the Bryce Harper to the Phillies thing. Um, you know, with Chris, I have a policy, and you know, and I've been 100 percent right on everything. Like you, you can go back to everything that I've gone on record for, and you can say that it's been 100. percent And I have a policy that I don't go on record unless I can have two unrelated sources confirm the same thing. And in this case, it's not two unrelated sources. So, so I'm, you know, that's part of what you know, I'm kind of like prefacing this with, uh, with all this stuff. Um, you know, when I do have everything, I'm going to drop it, and you're going to know it's going to be heavy and it's going to be hard. And we've seen that stuff, whether it's with like signings or whatever. Uh, or, you know, even just this year with KB coming back, you know, I was first person that reported on the Friday before he came back uh, for the Rockies, you know, and a lot of people assume that it's always Chris Bryant stuff. And then, yes, I do get a lot of stuff from KB, his dad, their connections, Shreve, it's like a little brother to me, pitches for the, you know, the Tigers, but I also have other relationships. And, you know, this, this is kind of a like, nice little reminder that I have, you know, we have spider webs out here 
uh, where we are all connected. And this has nothing to do with Chris Bryant or Jason Shreve. And this is something that has happened, which is um, I got a text message a couple days ago. Uh, what was it? Two days ago? Two days ago? Yeah, Monday, Monday night or Monday, Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. Yeah. So uh, from a scout friend of mine who, um, just to give his resume a little bit, uh, he called the Soto to the Padres trade. And he also told me days ahead of time. And I didn't you know, throw it out there because I wasn't, I don't cover the Diamondbacks, but he, he had the Paul Seawall trade long before it happened. Um, so you've got all these, you know, yeah, little, little birds, like, like I, I, all I need to be is a eunuch and bald and I can go on game of Thrones. Um, but he, he sends me a message and he lets me know, he goes, Hey, you know, I know you like this kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, I know you're a cub fan, but uh, I just want to let you know that the cubs have put in a phone call again, this is just one person. So this is not, I'm not confirming this. This is just what I was told. Um, I will go on record and, and we'll talk about all the fallout that's happened now in the last 48 hours since this. Um, but he told me that, yeah, the Cubs called the, the, the Blue Jays. Specifically, the Blue Jays did not hang up and the Blue Jays are entertaining or were entertaining the discussion about the Cubs trading for Bo Bichette. Uh, and yes, God dang it. If someone asks me, where will he play? Because he's a shortstop. Okay, I could almost put the picture up on the show and just leave it up. Okay, he's going to play third base. The whole discussion was to trade for him to move to third base, and so this is it. It's a phone call. Um, it's not a trade, but the fact is, from my guy, is that this phone call wasn't a <laughs> shut up, Jed, click kind of phone com- conversation, right? It was a an actual conversation that 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 had. It wasn't just a hey, buddy, how you doing? Bye bye, and click hang up. So that's where it starts, right? And then yesterday, um, obviously, you know, again, I I didn't put the phone call out there. I didn't put the phone call out there. A couple people in private, like with us, obviously, I told these guys about the phone call. Uh, uh, Bleacher Nation, I talked to a little bit about the phone call as well. Um, then yesterday, um, if uh, I got to go back through the, I got to make sure I, I give them credit. Um, the, uh, it's, I think it's locked on, is it locked on Cubs? Locked on Cubs, Matt Kazi. Um, then tweeted yesterday afternoon that I'm hearing that he wrote, I'm hearing the Cubs have talked to the Blue Jays about Bo Bichette, who would play third base for the Cubs. It was because I, I did tweet. I said, what would Cub fans think about Bo Bichette playing third base every day at Wrigley Field? That was my tweet. It was like, you know, me, you guys know me when I'm being coy about something. I know something, but I can't confirm it. So I'm just going to play around with it. Right. Like I, 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 I kind of dance around it a bit. And uh, that was my little dance. And then, yes, he, he popped out and says, you know, that was hinted at K Fitz yesterday. And then he brings up that. John Morosi had mentioned the Cubs' interest in Bichette last year. Now, Bichette is signed through 2025. It would cost a big return. But here's the kicker. John Morosi also was the reporter that had Dansby Swanson to the Cubs like from the start. So there's another weird connection there, too, with that. Um, and so, so that happens. Well, today, of course, I wake up, and I'm on the West Coast. So this would be 5.33 my time, so I didn't see it when it happened. But John Morosi uh, then... Update on Bo Bichette trade scenario. Uh, here's a point to ponder. How would a Bichette to Cubs trade impact the way Otani views both of these potential suitors? Citing me and Matt Kotze, uh with that, that tweet. So now we've got this discussion going on. It's actually become a national thing. And yes, there has been a phone call. Um, you know, and that those are unrelated sources, I guess I could say, right? John Morosi's not going to bring this stuff up other than let, he knows something a little bit more. Um, Bleacher Nation did their wrote a story. They've asked around and said, yes, yes, there's a phone call too. And their, their most recent story that they wrote today too. So it, it, there was just, it came out of the blue. That's the crazy part. It, this came out of nowhere. I don't know Bobby Shett from my elbow other than he was on my fantasy team two years ago. And he screwed me because he wasn't really that good. He got hurt. Great hair. Great yeah. hair. Yeah. And so obviously I started doing my digging and yeah, then you find the connections with 
two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever, the Dodgers were looking at Bo Bichette as a possible trade partner. So this is not an... Uh, like, uh, this is so funny. Th- those tweets have turned mild-mannered, polite Canadians into total assholes, and it's freaking hilarious because I've seen... I've interacted with more mean Canadians in the last 48 hours than I've ever interacted in my entire life. I could run through Toronto, you know, with a giant, you know, Stanley Cup, it will never come back to Canada shirt on or something, and people would still be nicer to me than they were like the last 48 hours from Canada. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, you know, the trade packages, this is the best part about the off season. And this is the best part about the hot stove stuff is that this is Cubs fans are so scarred from the last couple of years of like milk and toast stuff from Jed Hoyer that like when we finally can actually have these discussions, cause we know Jed Hoyer is going to do something big. It, this is the fun part of it. it are the Cubs going to get Bo Bichette? I don't know. Maybe they called about it. Are they going to get Pete Alonso? I don't know. Maybe. Are they going to get Juan Soto? I don't know. Are they going to get Shohei? I don't know. You know what? We'll know it when Jed does it because you will never know. Just like with everything else, you don't know Jed's going to stab you till the dagger's already in, right? Jed doesn't. Jed's a fucking ninja now. We've now learned that what he did with Council. Everything is on the ninja move now. He's going to come up behind you like Arnold Schwarzenegger in full like camo and just be like, chill. You're right behind you or whatever. Um, so this is the cool part about it. And so what now we talk about the trade packages, right? What would it take to pull a guy like Bo Bichette who hit 20 homers last year? You know, he's middle of the pack defensive shortstop. Let's not, let's not get too excited about his defense guys. He actually graded out worse than Tim Anderson. No offense, Tim. Uh, yeah, a lot of offense, Tim actually. Um, he also, you know, the shift to third is kind of funny because like, well, he doesn't have the arm for third. I'm like, Nick Magical graded out as the sixth best third baseman in Major League Baseball this year, better than Nolan Arenado. If you can tell me that Nick Magical's arm could go over to third base and have the sixth best defensive analytics in baseball this year at third base, Bo Bichette, a shortstop who's supremely athletically gifted, he can handle it just fine. In fact, that's and the easiest transition. Hard when you have 15, when you're playing 15 games a year. So, I mean, that's no wonder he graded so high. It was hardly a problem. Oh, he played like, oh, like yeah. he, 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 he was in all seriousness, though, like, Nicky Two Strikes was a very solid third baseman. Like, the, the few games I did see him play, like, he played it's a couple times. He, he was better there than it. Now, he did have to do, like, the little, like, curl hop a couple well, times. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he was playing, like, in every single. <laughs> <laughs> third base is footwork and reaction. That's it. And, and everything else is quick release. Like get rid of the baseball and it gets you a quick so you can get rid of it quick. And that, that eliminates that need. A guy like that gold Glover though, too, like to his left. And then you got another gold Glover up the middle at second base. I mean, that'll also help a lot with his transition to third. I would imagine, even if he's not the best fielder, then you're getting that offense yeah. in theory. I mean, I, I'll bite the bullet on some subpar third base defense. Here's the kicker. People forget Javi Baez, his defensive analytics are actually better at third base than they are at shortstop. <laughs> There you go. I, I think at second base too. Yeah. So here's a kicker too. I keep getting these tweets. Um, why do we want to convert a shortstop to third base when we got a prospect like Matt Shaw in the farm system? I'm like, mm. guys, Matt Shaw is a shortstop that's converting to third base, possibly in the farm system. It's the same thing, except and follow up <laughs> question: Are there any names? Did was there were there any names shared that the Blue Jays would be interested in? No name shared, but if you look at it, it's going to have to be a major league ready player that's going to be able to obviously um, take the offensive load off of losing 20 home runs, which to me, Christopher Morrell hit 26 home runs last year. There you go. You got a guy, the major league ready guy. And I think it's going to take a combination of probably three of the Cubs better prospects. I, I, I've been throwing out like I think it would be Owen Casey, Colorado. I mean, he's a, he's a Canadian. It's a perfect. It writes itself. Right. A Toronto Blue Jays prospect. That's one of the best prospects in baseball. That is Canadian. It sells itself. Great stories. They're gonna. They would love that. And then you got to look at. Um, I'd say probably like a Canario 
And then I think somewhere between a Shaw and then uh, a little, a Luke Little, actually, it might take. Uh, I don't think it's going to take Pete. It's not going to be Pete Curl Armstrong. Pete Curl Armstrong is not going to go anywhere. Not with this contract situation and where it's at. He's his. He's uh, he's relatively underpaid right now, and his free contract's up after 2025. You're not selling Pete Curl Armstrong for basically a two-year That's rental. What wants you to believe. Right. Well, and, and, but 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 that's the thing too. Is 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 it's not we're overvalued. I saw someone today was like Justin Steele and all. I'm like, bro, Justin Steele. Oh yeah, that was coming from Blue Jays fans. We're like, well, let's not do well, the. If you're uh, getting Bichette. We're getting all your players. It's not gonna. It's not gonna cost PCA. It's not gonna cost. It's not gonna cost a Horton. Um, it's gonna cost a Morel, and then like yes, like a Casey, um, a Shaw, and then maybe like an arm, uh, like, like an arm that's. Probably like a double A, maybe a little higher. I think, higher. It, would be, I think it would have to be one of the MLB ready guys, like an Assad, a Wicks. Be that too. Guys okay. who had uh, who have already been up and have uh, some pedigree of uh, success. I would work too. Um, I did. Yeah, I think uh, Morel would be the big name there going back, and then one of the one of the. I mean, Shaw. I know everyone's being like, "Oh, well, Bo Bichette, you're training guys twenty five. You, you, you Horton too, yeah. has to be on the table. We have to get PCA back." Owen Case is a top 100 prospect. Matt Shaw is a top 100 prospect. Christopher Morrell, Christopher Morrell is only 24 years old. <laughs> that would be a very solid. Honestly, that would not be a bad trade for the Blue Yeah, team. those three no. guys right there, and then you add a pitcher. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, too. We're talking there. Blue Jays fans are like, we're in the middle of our window. I love when people say we're in the window, right? Blue Jays are in the window. Guess what? You have shit the bed in the postseason every freaking time. So perhaps you shake things up a little bit and get a more postseason ready lineup and roster as opposed to one that's great over the 162 but can't win in the tight situations because your roster isn't built to beat elite teams. And that's the problem that Blue Jays fans aren't seeing. We saw with the Cubs, you know, for a, Cubs had a team that was put together that was you can make the postseason. It's great, but when you get to the playoffs, not producing. The White Sox had the same kind of issue. You get to the postseason. It, the team is built for that, but once you get in the postseason, you need a combination of a balanced lineup. Guys that can put the ball in play, that can hit the high velocity, you know, specialists, guys that can pinch hit in certain situations. You need depth. You need to have guys healthy and rested. So, like, all that stuff kind of plays in. Blue Jays might need to shake things up, and this might be one of those, you know, again, I keep seeing, you know, again, Cub fans are weird and scarred. They're like, I don't know. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to get a guy like that in his prime. But I also see Blue Jays fans. No, we're we're better off if we trade Vlad. Like that is to me is a trip to me as well. That they would think that trading Vlad is a, a better possibility. I just think <laughs> Vlad needs to be better. Yeah, but he's he's the prime talent. Like Bobuchet's great, but Bobuchet, I just I don't think he's Vlad. So you could get some more more complementary pieces around Vlad. You know, three get you. You know, one gets you three in a kind of weird way, especially if they're, you know, again, they do have a couple prospects that are like close, but not ready. Um, they do have a guy that is, is a left-handed bat. that has been playing a little outfield, but he has been a shortstop most of his career. And he was basically, he had finally turned the page. I've seen a lot of stuff. Like he turned the page and I can't remember his name now. Um, he, he's like their fifth or sixth rated prospect, but he's projected to be a major leaguer in 2024. Uh, and he does play shortstop, but who knows, you know, maybe they'll go out and, but I know that the people are saying that he did not, he's not going to move to third. Well, that's just wrong because he literally was he was literally uh, offering up to move to second base during last year's shortstop sweepstakes uh, for any of those shortstops that came in. So he has offered to move positions. It's not like a weird 
uh, thing to ask. And I, and that's the weird part is like, did you have a conversation with him? Did he tell you specifically no chance in hell? Because like, you know what? Manny Machado always said that too. Like, no, I only want to play shortstop. Money talks. If they yeah. want, if they get paid enough, they'll play wherever the hell you want them to. So, Someone's going to come and tell you that Manny Machado was never a shortstop. That happened to me this week. Yeah. The, the other part about that as well is, uh, you know, where uh, the natural uh, course of thinking is like, well, he's still under control for two more years. I think it's 11 million for 2024 and then another was like 16, 16 and a half for 2025. Uh, and then he's a free agent. What if the Cubs have uh, some intel there that like, hey, if you pay him enough, maybe he will sign an extension like right after a trade. If that is the case, I think it was brought up uh, uh, on Twitter at D West. Uh, if you know, let's just say again, now we're talking hypothetically here. We're beyond the, this was a call. This is now a separate. We, right now we're daydreaming a little. But let's uh, let's throw out this hypothetical. Cubs, Cubs are in trade talks. It's serious. They're going to get Bo Bichette. They know that they can sign it to an extension. Do you add a PCA then? <laughs> Sylvia in my Sylvia in my DMs, by the way, just now. Ooh. <laughs> it's blowing up. <laughs> Do you add a PCA? Like it's just it's almost like a one for one then. I mean or if PCA off limits. I don't think anybody's off limits. Um you can't make anyone off limits. Yeah, if it's a if it's a package that it that works, my God. Yeah. But and and, and this is the morosi part too. Yeah, how does isn't everybody trying to like show a lot of leg to Shohei Otani right now? And right. you know, now this, I took that angle. I'd say I took it from a Cubs fan's perspective, but I just completely ignored the Blue Jays part of it. It's like, yeah, why would the Blue Jays want to trade Bo Bichette and then be like, hey, Otani, come sign with us? We just traded away our two-time All Star shortstop. Now flip so that. We're gonna win. <laughs> flip that though. What if the Blue Jays land Shohei? God forbid. And now they've got to free up some payroll. If this were to happen, I think that this would happen after, like, again, think about this. Again, I've, I've been going over why these phone calls are happening in my head, obviously, since, since, since I got the messages. And maybe this is Jed kicking the tire saying, hey, we might not get Shohei. He might not go to the Dodgers. The Blue Jays might get him. If the Blue Jays do get him, hey, guys, look, I know you're going to need to get rid of some payroll. You guys have, he's a relatively underpaid guy now, but in two years, he, you, you ain't going to be able to pay him. If you're paying Shohei, because he's going to pull in a pretty decent salary at that point, we're willing to take him off your hands if it comes to that. So keep us in mind, kind of thing. Then Shohei goes there. Maybe he goes out and he signs a Bellinger, makes a trade for Soto, you know, and then he makes this trade for Bichette, and it, it at least softens the Shohei loss. Yeah. You cannot put all of your your Shohei in one basket, right? Your offseason can't be just Shohei or bust. You have to have other options that all work together in cohesive uh in a cohesive manner that that fit together as a puzzle so if it's not shohei and then a couple other fringe guys you know guys that pieces that go around shohei then you've got to have bigger pieces equal in value that all can kind of still bring in the same kind of stuff that that you need from from this so that i think it could very well be in him saying hey if if we lose out and you guys win we're definitely willing to talk to you about taking Bo Bichette off your hands because you're gonna need it you're gonna need to free up some money here because anybody that gets that shohei is going to have to do dance around a little bit of the money situation. So I think that there's a lot of, a lot of that there too. So I, it's just interesting. It's it, but it's so fun. Like it's again, a, definitely it's creative. That's the, my first thought about after is that's creative. Sell. it's like, everyone's thinking third base, like, all right, there's Chapman. There's not really a lot of good free agent third baseman. Do you bring back Candelario? 
you can't really rely on uh, Mitch's favorite third baseman, Nick Madrigal, every day. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they don't. It doesn't seem like they trust Morel's defense at at third base. So, like, that doesn't seem like it's a viable option. And it's like, well, hey, let's take uh, let's take the shortstop, move him over to third base, and then you have another star there. Uh, speaking about uh, a quick but big point on Shohei Otani, this past weekend, Bruce Levine, uh, who works for Marquee and Six Hundred Score, had his weekly Inside the Clubhouse show, and uh, according to his sources and uh, other people that he's talking to, it seems that everybody thinks the Otani sweepstakes are going to come down to the Dodgers and the Cubs. That at the end of the day, it's going to be those two teams that he's going to decide between. Uh, that obviously blew up over the weekend. I'm excited as hell. Every single report you see, you've seen from the past month, it's Cubs are going all in. They thought they had a good chance at him in 2017. They want that second shot. Obviously, the Dodgers want that second shot as well because they huh. didn't get him back then either. But man, exciting times. Like you said, uh, Kevin, it's exciting time. This, this, this drives me nuts. This is something that moved the needle and uh, maybe the eggplant too a little bit. The, uh, I think two, three weeks ago when the season ended, the Cubs were like plus like 2,000 to land Shohei. And over the last two weeks, the odds for the Cubs, I mean, it's like plus 180 for the Dodgers. The odds for the Cubs to land him now are like at plus 220. Like, like, <laughs> That is a massive change. And the books know shit. Like, they're not stupid. They, they don't, you know, obviously they're trying to pull some bets too, but they know they know that it's not smart to have the Cubs that terrible uh, with odds that would clean the house. And so, yeah, the correct council move changed that a lot. Uh, good point there, Donnie, um, in, the, in, the, in the chat or whatever. Uh, the, uh, this, is a, this is the cool part about this is that, yeah, man, it's exciting. And now look. Everybody, it, it, this is the funnest, you know, again, uh, Mets fans. We're going to get a show. Hey, shut up. Mets fans are the, like, again, dum, da, dum, dum, dum. Always. Everybody's, everybody's a Met. Everybody's a Met at this point. Uh, and so it's kind of ironic that Mets fans yesterday were bitching about Cub fans wanting Bichette. Like, you can't have them all. You can't. Shut up, dork. <laughs> um, but this is the, the, everybody's in on this. The Dodgers have to be the front runners because the Dodgers are the Dodgers. That's like, th- it really is the Dodgers because, because the Dodgers have shown like the willingness to do this. That it makes them the front runner. Yes, they had Hideo Nomo back in the day too. So people, I think, are using that as like a little bit of an example. But if you're talking about you know Asian culture in America, the Giants have to be the front runner if that's the case because Chinatown in San Francisco is like the mecca of that. And he would they have the money? They got burned on 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 uh, uh, what was it? Fire Judge or what was it? <laughs> uh, arson. arson, arson Judge, arson Judge. <laughs> So they might be like a. So a lot of people are in on this. I but mean, you want to talk about a scarred fan base. Oh, it's man. Giants fans after last offseason. <laughs> oh, bad. You know, that, that's why that's why they're in the streets doing heroin. Um, so <laughs> then you have this whole thing, too, with Jed. And I love this because, again, everything about Shohei. Shohei, you know, we saw the report that Shohei is not going to deal with anybody that leaks that they've even met. Stuff like that. There is nobody better fit for this than our, our ninja assassin, Jed Hoyer, who has now proven that he will operate – in the shadows, uh, he will probably put on a disguise, mustache. Um, you know, he is full on like Ethan from uh, Mission Impossible to you know to, to get these negotiations. Um, I don't think he's going to have to fly to Japan to have these discussions. Thank God. Um, I think that a lot of this has to do with um, Seiya Suzuki. Also, has a um, 
a nice kind of open dialogue with him. So there's a lot of things with communication, but I think that Jed's not going to use Saya. I think that Jed does this. Jed's going to do it by himself. I think Jed's going to go in there and he's going to, you're going to have, if it happens with the Cubs, I think it happens probably uh, by the end of the winter meetings. Cause I think obviously you're going to want to have time for everybody to shuffle up and deal and figure out where else now everyone's going to make their moves and fill in where they got to fill in after a big move like that for the whole league. It's, it's a giant reverb across the league, right? Everybody. Okay. We're out on show. Hey, Plan number B, you know, plan B or whatever. Let's go. Um, well, that's I what was going to say, even for, for, for the Cubs especially, because you see a lot of people like, how can you pay someone like half a billion dollars or however the contract is? I mean, Tom Ricketts, he's not a dummy. Either. Like, he's a kind of a shrewd business guy. Signing Shohei Otani is such a good long-term investment. Because if you imagine, like, he was popular enough in L.A., but, like, half the country can't watch him because he's playing all these late games. In Chicago, major market once again, right in the center more primetime games. Plus you got all that money from Japan. That's going to be coming in with the massive fan base. He already has. That is such a good investment for the amount of jerseys you're going to sell primetime games. You're going to get like long-term and like, and that's why I think even for Chicago for LA, like, you're damn right. It's worth a half a billion dollars. Cause not only you're getting the best baseball player of all time, arguably that's such a good, good return on your investment. Yep. And I, I don't think that, that Tom Ricketts is not an idiot. Tom, this is the weirdest, craziest part. He might be a cheap ass, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he's also, like you said, he's a shrewd businessman. This might be a Shohei signing might be easier to sell to Tom Ricketts than a Cody Bellinger signing, than a, a Soto trade, a Alonzo trade. He knows flat out the billions of dollars the Cubs are going to make on the Shohei market all by himself. Um, that's the big key. And what you, you that's a perfect thing that you said right there, Mitch, is that he you know you invest half a million do- half a billion dollars in Shohei, you're going to get a return of probably 1.5 billion, 2 billion at the end of the whole thing when it's all said and done. And Tom Ricketts, if anything, he's proven that he's fine with playing the long game. We've seen this now since they he literally just kind of played this whatever dum dum while the Cubs tore down the the 2016 ch- you know title team. He, he he can play that role. He can play the long game all he wants. So I think that this one it's it's an investment in more than just baseball. It's an investment in jerseys and hats and t-shirts and advertisements and and cross-branding and activation and all the marketing stuff that throws out there that that he brings to the table. And then you open up an entirely gigantic international market with your Shohei say a combo. And then maybe you, you go get a, you know, what's his name? Uh <laughs> go get a Yoshinibu, Yamamoto. Get, get there you go. Yeah. Me. Uh dropped off here. I hope uh, his internet didn't go out again. But I was going to add to that. uh, My my phone, my uh, computer's about to die. I'm trying to get the charge here. I had to switch location. I looked like a zebra for those of you listening. Like my (laughs) regular thing, I've never recorded during the day. The lighting was awful. I looked like a zebra. (laughs) Healy with Uh, a great point. Ricketts will make more money off of Shohei alone compared to when he kept the World Series team around just to make money off of. Oh, for sure. Not wrong there. I was going to add, I think at the, you can call me naive, uh, but I really do think at this point, I don't think the money is the issue. I think Jed's brought it to the, he's like, hey, you know, time's a free agent. You know, he's the best player in the world. We're going to go after him. I don't think money is a problem right now. I think it's ultimately Shohei Otani deciding, do I want to try something new? Go to Chicago, stay in the LA area. Um I don't think uh, money is going to be an issue there. Uh, I was going to use this question to transition over to, back to some uh, White Sox other trade rumors. Uh, so if we're talking about trades here uh, from the Cubs uh, perspective, 
Who would you give up the farm for? Bichette, Soto, or Cease? Soto. <laughs> I would also do Soto. Not Cease. <laughs> not, yeah, not Cease. Not Cease. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jordan. Love you, Jordan. Holy I mean, Soto's still like, what, 2025? 20, <laughs> He's just generational hitter. Hey, they're the same age, right? Him and Bo Bichette are the same age, right? So now we're, we don't have to worry about the age discussion. Right. Uh, it's Soto, Soto all the it's way. Soto. It's absolutely it's totally Soto. Absolutely Soto. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Even with that, I think... I what think Obichet is younger. No, nah, Alonzo's like would be fourth. I don't know. No, he would be ahead of C's. Maybe ahead of C's, yeah. But uh, what? Uh, no, I think he would slightly. Uh, if C's can have a solid like, and this one, I would. You would have to give up more C's, I think, than Alonzo. I would almost wait <laughs> till the trade deadline to try and flip him if you're really trying to maximize value because he has a good first half. I already think you're getting a top 100 prospect for Cease at the very least. But he has a better bounce back first half, especially now with that improved defense. All part of his <laughs> master yeah. plan now. The <laughs> I think, too, when you think about it. Too. <laughs> Sorry, with Cease, I, I, I keep going back the other day. Sorry, this guy, uh, we were talking about the Cease trade. It was, we were discussing the, the thing from uh, Sox on 35th when they were doing all the different trades or whatever. And. Uh, the trade from Jordan Lazowski was uh, it was like cease for like and it was it was basically like all the Cubs top farm prospects, which is never going to happen. Um, and I had some this debate going on. They, I wasn't debating, but these two dudes in my it, because it was part of my post. So that I just kept getting push notices and push notices. And these guys are arguing and literally had a guy say <clears throat> they were arguing about cease versus um, what's his name uh, in uh, San Diego. Uh, Cy Young. Um, no. It's no. Oh, Blake's no. <laughs> and. And yes, Blake Snell is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. He's the reigning Cy Young Award winner. And the argument was, who's better, Cease? Who do you, who would you rather have, Cease or or Snell? And God bless baseball fans sometimes. But one of them in the argument said that if if Blake Snell is your ace, your team is very bad. And I'm like, how do you have an argument that if you have a two-time Cy Young Award winner as your ace, including the reigning Cy Young Award winner as your ace, your team must be bad. I don't get that argument, but that was kind of like uh, the World Series. People, yeah, I was like, people, people will, will circulate a reason, right? It's like it's hard. Everybody overvalues their own players. That's why like, with the Cubs, like, don't overvalue Pete Crow Armstrong. Don't overvalue Shaw. Don't overvalue because again, like Mets, don't be a Mets fan. Mets fans are like, yeah, we'll give you Pete Alonso. You'll have to give us Wrigley Field. 47 of your prospects, 347 different employees that serve popcorn. And yes, Snell can play third base. Uh, no, uh, sorry, Zoe got me in there. So it's, it's a, understand, this is what I always say. Take what you think your players are worth and subtract 10% minimum. Then start operating from there. Because as fans, we've got baby batter on the brain. And, you know, we overvalue the players that we have in our systems because we are absolutely fond of them, right? Because they're our system. And then we undervalue other systems, people. That's why when I see Blue Jays fans, like the Cubs don't have anything. I'm like, it's a fucking top three farm system, jackass. They have plenty. But you're minimizing others because you overvalue your own. And if there's a deal there to be made, you can't get too attached. I always will say I'd rather trade for proven major league talent with question mark ta- uh, prospects than just say do the old prospect pervert stuff, which is, oh, kick the down the road. Here we got, we got PCA coming. We got Shaw coming. We don't need to do that. No, you need to do it. If it's there, you do it. Like, you, you don't bet on question marks. You just don't. So, Mitch, the latest uh, White Sox trade rumors, Dylan sees the Dodgers maybe poking around. Bruce Levine, again, another Bruce Levine mention, uh, I think was from Wednesday today, earlier today. He believes that both Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez will be traded this offseason. You know, it's what do funny. You think? 
that before it was even popular with Eloy Menes. I think <laughs> like, if you're gonna shake things up, you might as well trade like everyone you can. The only reason I think they're not gonna trade Moncada is because no one's gonna take that bloated contract. But I think you absolutely trade Eloy, and I still think Eloy has a lot of good baseball left in the tank. But he needs to change the scenery. Credit but, to Mitch. Credit to Mitch for manifesting that. Yeah, there we go. That two for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I think the Dodgers with Dylan C's just makes a lot of sense. And one, I mean, the Dodgers and White Sox have done a lot of business together over the past years. Like, I mean, you even go back to the AJ Pollock, Craig Kimball trade. They traded again last year in August for two Sox got two scrubs. They obviously gave him Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Um, so like they've been doing business for a while. Dodgers need the starting pitching. Just lost Lance Lynn. I think Dylan C's in that organization really maximizes what he can do as a player. Because I think we, we've seen that he is a proven made MLB ace. It's just the consistency is not there. He's got to go deeper into games more. The walk rate's got to go down. But the Dodgers also got, like, I mean, look at that farm system, too. There's a lot of guys they would want. I think for some of the targets, I was writing about this earlier, some of the names I think you could see, because it's very easy to, like, pop out, like, top 100 guys. Obviously, Dalton Rushing is the main headline that everyone would be focusing on because he's the best prospect, and he's also a catcher. Some sneaky guys, though, I, I think they could trade for. Andy Pages was one that stood out, right fielder. Uh, he hit, got some power there, too. Had a pretty good season last year. Rocket for an arm. We need a long-term right fielder. I think he would be a sneaky guy to look at. Nick Frazzo, another MLB-ready arm that you get back that the Dodgers probably wouldn't need. Uh, his fastball's in the upper 90s. The White Sox love guys that throw hard and with no control, so at least he checks off the box of, of throwing hard. I think he could be someone. And also, is because he's MLB-ready, you're getting him into the rotation or wherever next year, uh, wherever they decide to put him, and he's getting reps on a team that's probably not going to attend. And the last one I was interested in from the Dodgers, this guy named Jorbit, uh, Jorbit Vivas, uh, who is kind of like a discount uh, Luis Arise, Nicky Two Strikes type player, but it also fits the mold Getz is going for. Is a guy that, you know, is an infielder, can puts the ball, puts the ball in play, and he's pretty athletic, pretty good defense. So I think that would be uh, another guy. Those are some names to monitor, I guess, in the Dylan Cease Dodgers sweepstakes. Because if I had to put money on it, I think Dylan Cease will be traded to the Dodgers. I think that just makes too much sense. Now the uh, the biggest, well, after uh, it was Jordan Alzowski on uh, uh, Sox on 35th who wrote out the uh, t- 10 trade uh, scenarios with Dylan Cease. And a uh, big discussion after that article came out was – Will the White Sox get uh, multiple top 100 prospects in a trade uh, for Dylan C's? Zoe, uh, who was on earlier, we should have asked him uh, earlier, but he's on the side that he doesn't think they, that the White Sox can get two. Uh, Mitch, I think you are on the side that you do think they can get two. I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. And with the Dodgers, I feel like you probably get like one of their top guys, uh, like a rushing maybe, and then like two of those throwing guys that you have that are in the upper top 10 of their system, like a good yeah. farm system, the top a top 10 prospect in a good farm system with one top 100 guy. That's what I think yeah. they get right now. Now, I do think if you hold him to the deadline because he's still got that extra year of control, I and the urgency is going to be higher at the trade deadline because there are no free agents to sign. And it was presuming that, you know, he has a good start to the season. That value is even higher. That's what I would trade him. And then I think you absolutely could get two top 100 prospects for him because the talent's there. The talent yeah. is worth two top 100 prospects. Kevin, what do you think? I I think the talent's worth two semi-top prospects. I think is what you, you I think that you don't again the overvalue part. You got to. I, I always I guess you get, I always taper it back. I think that if you think that it's worth a, a two and a five, that it means it's probably worth a four and a six. Um, but 
yeah, I think I think Mitch is right on. I think that that's probably what you're looking at. And again, where where they're at, you've got to you've got to entertain everything. Everybody, should, I mean, even Eloy or not Eloy, excuse me, even Luis Robert. If you say that every someone's untouchable, you're actually doing an, an injustice to your entire franchise. Everybody should be on the table for the right price. Now you have a price tag in mind, but even even Luis can be discussed. That's the thing with the Bichette thing. <laughs> it, it'd be a, it'd be actually a problem if the Blue Jays didn't listen, right? I mean, you're, you're talking. With all this stuff, you've got to have, you know, and so I think Eloy you know, brings you something different. Cease brings you something different. I think that, you know, you did mention Cease's, you know, uh, inability to get deep into games a lot too. Um, I don't think that matters in this special specialist era of baseball. You need yeah. to get through five, right? You get through five, you got six, seven, eight, nine, or whatever. If you can get us through six, even better. Um, I think a pitcher that averages five and two thirds innings, six innings, you know, is, is, that's, and where that's you, exactly that's, what you'd be getting with seats. Yep, exactly. So that gets you what you need. And so uh, I, that's not, a, I don't think that's, it, it used to be something that you're like, oh, you can't have an ace that doesn't go, you know, CG shutouts. No, not anymore. That's actually not, I mean, you'd like a guy to be able to extend like that. That's great. But you don't need it now today. The way that, the way the game is set up, the way that specialists are, you know, especially in a postseason format, you need a guy to go, you know, get you through six and then you let your, you let your, right. you know, your, your setup closed on that a little bit though, just because I do think during the regular season you need that workhorse guy that's going to be able to eat some innings. If you in, in the postseason, absolutely, you don't need the guy going like seven, but your bullpen can get pretty worn out by the end of April. Now, we saw that with the Sox two years ago; they relied heavily on that bullpen. They were great in, in the first month of the season. Then all of a sudden, you get to May, June, and they keep relying on them because their starters can't make a pass by then. Here's me though. I, it doesn't have to be your ace that's the innings eater. You can have a three, oh, four yeah. guy. You just, you just, you just the, the Lance Lynn. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> You'd have two guys in that rotation that are going to go out there and get you seven innings when you need to basically, or or just take the ass beating sometimes yes. and get out there and elevate their pitch count. You need those guys in your rotation. It doesn't have to be an ace. It's always nice when it's an ace because it is a big pump up when your ace goes out there and you know pulls a Jake Arrieta and just like absolutely carves someone and gets a CG shutout and everyone goes nuts. That's absolutely fantastic. But in the game that it is today, you just need someone that takes that, uh, that, that stress off the bullpen when they need the rest. And if you have two guys in your rotation, it doesn't matter if it's a one or if it's the four or five, as long as there's two guys in that rotation that can get you seven, eight when you need it, even if it means giving up six runs in that seven, eight, inning, you know, you need those guys, those, those, those rubber arm guys that can get you deep. So I, I think that Cease's value is good, but I think that Cease's value, the question is, was his good season an outlier compared to everything else? And that's the question because he's only done it. He's only had one really dominant season. And then flashes and, here and there. And, and the yeah. Game. And everything else is. So if you look at the numbers, what is it? Five, six seasons. The outlier is actually the great season. So that's something that an opposing team is going to argue to take the value down in the trade as well. Hey, how can I know that this isn't the outlier and all the other seasons of, you know, me, not mediocrity, but like just flashes. Are, isn't the real Dylan Cease. Because we have seen Cease's problem is the wheels come off really fast for Dylan Cease. That's the biggest thing I've seen with him is he'll be going and going and going and all of a sudden, yeah, he'll hit, the command just disappears. He loses the fastball command yep. and it becomes an issue. But here's why I think a team would be investing it, like invested in him, especially if you have a history of developing pitchers. Because he's always, regardless of bad season or not, he produces a lot of strikeouts. He has mm -hmm. been missed up and that's been consistent throughout his career even when he's struggling. It's so really all you need is just someone that can hone in the walks and minimize the damage control, like when the wheels fall off. That's then it. You got it. You got your guy right there. You can be a strikeout pitcher if you don't walk guys, but if you are a strikeout pitcher that walks guys, you are the ultimate pitch elevator because you are throwing 
you know, every at bat is a six pitch is a six, seven pitch at bat every time through. If you, if you were a strikeout, because strikeouts are pitch killers too. I mean, if you're a strikeout guy, you strike out 12 guys in a game. And that's why he would go 120 so pitches. Game, or that's why he would struggle to go so deep into games. And a lot of times too, and a part of it might be just because he didn't trust his defense, but he'd have an O2 count and then you'd see C start nibbling. And then all of a sudden it's three, two. So you just waste a bunch of pitches. So even if you do get the strikeout, you just had an eight pitch at bat, which is not sustainable. Now that, that's where the uh, the Blake Snell comparison uh, fits. But like like you said, Kevin, Blake Snell's had like a long track record of yeah. being a really good pitcher. Dylan C has had 2022 when he was the AL uh, Cy Young runner up, and besides that, he's been like a four ERA pitcher. Like not even not even up and down. It's been consistently. Like he just four. shows those flashes though, where you're like, oh, you chase right, the right, dragon. Even in those forty, he'll have like a stretch of like five <laughs> starts in a row. He's like, oh man. But, well, I, th- well, I think we saw I it. Uh, we saw it in 2023. Two games, and you're like, yeah, and then you're like, oh. Yeah, I think we saw it in 2023. He got off to a rough start, and I think it was like around May or June. He got on a roll, and then the second half happened. And it's like, yep. uh. <laughs> uh, I do what we started off the show talking about Aaron Bummer, uh, that trade, how White Sox got, you know quantity not so much quality there uh and then you look at the braves some of the moves that they've made they've taken pitchers who you know the surface numbers don't look that great uh and then they they convert them into you know getting the most out of that talent i can kind of see the white uh, chris gets kind of like getting taken advantage of here again where a team does does push hard against the value and chris gets well- is so you know desperate what? to make a move that <laughs> I'm that, glad that he doesn't get as much the numbers from last year. Everyone hung up on the ERA, which was admittedly bad, but 12 <laughs> over it was 12.03 strikeouts per nine innings, which was the second highest of his career yeah. with rate in the MLB's 87th percentile, which is also pretty good. Expected ERA 353, which not terrible, and expected opponent's batting average 215. So, and <laughs> Not that bad. Also, he had a, there was two point seven barrel percentage against him. So teams don't teams don't square him up that much either. Like they, there's like, signs there that uh, like he's a lot better than his numbers show. Oh, oh I like, stop thinking. You said that thing about Getz. Like he panics over. It's Chris Getz is the guy that marries the first woman he has sex with. <laughs> <laughs> because because like the the other part about the Aaron Bummer, uh, like the his his you know, obtaining him from the Braves is that he has two relatively cheap years as being a, like two more years left on his contract of being like a solid, uh, a solid reliever. And that, you know, Dylan sees is under control for two more years. You should be able to get pretty good value, but what if a team is, they just have Chris Getz (laughs) in his head and they're like, yeah, I know this guy. He's he's been like a four point two ERA pitcher except for one year. We're not going to give you two of our top guys. Soroka is going to be the guy that makes that move, that makes or breaks that move because Nicky Lopez, I do not think, is a long term solution. Too much hate for Nicky Lopez, Naperville guy. I hope he's good. (laughs) I I want to be well. I want him to do well, but I mean. no, that we've, one's gonna we've be. We've seen it. Be. We've already seen what Nicky Lopez. Nick, Nicky Lopez was great. I think he had a he had like a one point one WAR with the Braves, but that's because he was just like a backup infielder, and he didn't have to hit. Which he would be fine as a backup infielder. Yeah. We already got plenty of those. I think uh, Rami Gonzalez's time <laughs> in Chicago might be coming to an end. Oh no! Oh. 
I guess we can do a quick question for uh, Missy. Will you follow uh, Rami Gonzalez to wherever he goes if he leaves Chicago? Charlotte. <laughs> uh, now for the Eloy, Eloy, the Eloy uh, trade rumors. What what are your expectations right now on yeah, a return? See, now he, I don't think, yeah, I think you get a much better return for Dylan Cease than you would. Right. That, that's a tough one to judge. Well, I think he could probably get, because of the all the injuries too, I, I think you get a team, like two of a team's top 10 prospects for you. Maybe that happens to be a fringe 100 guy, but I think he probably, I don't know, that's a tough one. It depends who the team is, how desperate they are. I think, I, I think a swap, maybe like a major league ready player. I, I think a swap with San Diego would, would make sense. Uh, I, I think they got a couple MLB ready or guys that, you know, also would probably need to change. Do you, do you call up the Marlins again? Cause I think they were interested in him uh, when they traded for Jake Berger last uh, at the trade deadline. Oh, absolutely. Who do they got? Call, Who do they got? Oh, call the Marlins. I mean, they, they probably have some pitchers there, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got their the best pitching process. Yeah, you probably did. Uh, Kevin, any interest in a Dylan C's Eloy Jimenez package back to the Cubs? Bring uh, him back home? Uh-uh. Not anymore. <laughs> Do you guys that need ship, That ship has sailed, and no longer are we talking about blankety-blank won the trade. Look, the White Sox won the trade. It's time to move on. It's like the Mets trading for Pete Crow Armstrong. That's not going to happen. The Padres aren't going to trade for Owen Casey, and the Cubs aren't going to trade for Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. It's just one of those things where you just better to just find another option, I think. And no offense yeah. to those guys. It's no offense That's to those guys fair. either. It just it's it's it would be a really again, you do have to take your fan bases into consideration with some of the moves that you make. And that one kind of puts Cub fans into the crosshairs of White Sox fans, like as you know, the same way that it would Padres getting Casey, who they traded to the Cubs from the Cubs, or Pete Crow Armstrong being traded back to the Mets, who traded them to the Cubs. Like that, that one just that one you, you got to take uh, for a second. You think think of the children, will you? Will you think of the children? Um, kind of moment for for yeah, any of this. Only moment. like if I'm being honest, like, yeah, we won the trade, but it didn't feel very good doing it's, it. It's kind of like it, yeah, another team turned it over five times, and it was that like, son of a bitch cut his hand doing dishes and couldn't pitch for the Cubs. My God, that's a great way to win a trade. Like a guy, only yeah, one, only one of those teams won a playoff series after the trade. Um, Boom! Not the Sun. Although throwing out some truth bombs. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, other minor or not minor, but other uh, news around MLB: Aaron Nola back to the Phillies, seven years. Uh, what was it? One seventy-two. Uh, that. That was see, more than I thought uh, he was going to get. That's more than he deserved. I, I see Cubs legend Ryan uh, Castellanos, Nick Castellanos, out there on the trade in the trade streets. Ooh, the trade block. So I I keep saying that the Sox should get in on that. Chris, Sox need a right fielder. I was on the like last time he was a free agent. I was. He's going to be terrible out there, but he's going to hit like thirty five home runs. He's got he's, better he's defensively. He's, he's actually has he? a little bit. No, his numbers were not terrible. Like, he's right field. I mean, you know, he's not a gold glover by any means. No, he's terrible. Above average, but I think he's but, sufficient. I think he's turned People forget. Smaller park. Smaller park. Perfectly acceptable. He does look like a dog chasing his tail sometimes out there, though. Like, it, sometimes it, it looks it like, like really the ball. I don't care. Like a map. All the alternative is we got Gavin Sheets falling over himself and Eloy who gets caught yep. in net. So, like, you know. <laughs> Could be much worse than, uh, you know. Catch uh, the damn ball. <laughs> Could be as bad as Vaughn in the outfield. I mean, shit. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we got some Japanese pitchers getting posted. Yoshinibu oh. Yamamoto, the 25 year old phenom, posted. Yep. Uh, he has 
I think his uh, signing period opened up this past Tuesday. Uh, it's 45 days, so he has to be signed by January 4th. Uh, there is also Shota Imanaga. He, I think, is about to be posted. I saw that uh, right before we uh, came on. Uh, both guys also have been linked to the Cubs. Uh, Yamamoto would be the uh, the bigger of the two uh, signings. He's projected to get, uh, we'll use this phrase, well north of $200 million. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, again, he's 25. He's at like sub two ERA the last few years, uh, pitching in Japan. Uh, uh, he's seen already he, he, despite not pitching in major league baseball, uh, he's being regarded as one of the best pitchers in the world, starting pitchers in the world. Uh, a little, a little Cardinals noise on Yamamoto, which I don't like, uh, cause they signed Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson to kind of fill out the back end of the rotation, but they desperately need an ace type. Uh, and there's some Lance rumblings there. Ace? <laughs> He's a perfect St. Louis pitcher. Lance Lynn <laughs> wait, is wait, wait, wait. He's so team. many more home runs. He's on a rival team now. When can we start the salad jokes? Please, God, I'm ready for salad jokes. Oh, he was all, I mean, because now we can actually do it and nobody can get offended in Chicago. I, mean, I, that told, was, I told Zoe coming into 2023, I remember that previous show. I told him, hey, man, I know you love Lance Lynn, but I don't think things are going to go well for him. And uh, they, they have not. Um, so the Cardinals may make some noise there. Maybe Blake Snell for them. Uh, yes. Hopefully, some other teams get involved there. Uh, what else has been going on, MLB? I guess we touched on Bichette. The Juan Soto trade rumors that those kind of died down right now. They'll pick yeah, up yeah, though. Yeah, which, which means keep an eye on them. <laughs> keep an eye on them. That's right. Just as soon as he gets quiet, Jedek. <laughs> Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo wants. Uh, he wants to top the best uh, uh, contract for first baseman, which I think would have to be be Freddie Freeman. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he has the highest uh, contract for first baseman. Uh, so you know, there's that for the Mets if they want to do an extension. Uh, and if not, maybe they do trade him. Um, Chapman, have you guys heard anything else? Oh, Ronaldo Ronaldo Lopez, old friend. With oh, that's right, the Braves. The Braves. The... And the big news is he might be a starter. I mean, yes, we saw that later on that he's going to get uh, back extended this off season. Stretch him out. I I don't I don't. If the Chapman thing is a good question too. I mean, how much is Chapman going to bring in? Does that affect this budget stuff too? Like, if if they were to bring back Chapman, what the hell does that have to do with Ronaldo Lopez? Oh, I was just saying. <laughs> I, I forgot that he, he he's one of the guys that declined his offer, so he's out there as well. Uh, he's one of the seven. Along with Jason, Bell. oh, Jason, there's some. Uh, uh, Jason Hayward of the Cubs against someone. Jason Hayward of the Cubs. There's it's for free. It should be for suggestion because of all the money that he has taken for doing nothing. I know it's going to be taken as a joke, but I keep saying if, if the White Sox want, like, you know, we're going to be good defensively. We want some leadership in here. Jason Hayward's a good fit That's for the White Sox. Guy. Hey, although, yeah. although his defense has has regressed quite a bit. His, his offense was a little bit better last year, though. Yeah. Like his offense got better. His defense got a little worse. Clubhouse guy. I like clubhouse, it. Clubhouse guy. For uh, a year, they're not yet. You know, how about clubhouse year. That's He's the I kind mean. of guy that would yell at a player for swinging 3-0 with the bases loaded and hitting the a actually, off the wall and the driving in three used to that. They, they need, need their manager yelling. guys as they can get. And that is why I'm, I'm not still never over that. assuming that the Royals would eat a bunch of that money if they brought in Salvador Perez because you need as many clubhouse guys as you can get with that boob yeah. as a manager. I mean, well, he's grumpy. There's he's no 
Especially if you've got all these young arms and young prospects coming up. You need some leadership in there to teach him the right way. Hayward, yeah, Hayward came in. He was 20 years old his rookie year, but he was going to like a Braves – or he started with uh, his career with the Braves. Homer in his know, first at Very tradition-based, old-school franchise there, and he has that mentality. He'll always, he, he, might be, he might be seen like as one of the young dudes when he first signed with the Cubs. But like he was very much an old-school uh, mentality type of player, yeah. I believe. And for those of you that have uh, – oh, sorry. I keep going. Are you, are oh, no, go ahead. Uh, for those of you who haven't been listening, I've told the story a million times. It, what I was referencing back when the the Cubs were uh, still the, the core, if you will, were together. Uh, KB was up with the bases loaded, three zero count. He was given the green light, hits a double off the wall, and after the game was over, Jason Hayward ate his lunch in the clubhouse for being selfish. So really weird, really weird, grumpy. We've all chalked it up to just he was grumpy and was having a bad day and struggling because he wasn't playing very well, obviously, but. He can be a very grumpy guy in that clubhouse, which is great for a young clubhouse, to be honest. If the White Sox have a young clubhouse, having the old man grumpy, get off my lawn, guys, great, because, you know, they can say, okay, yeah, I listen. But Hayward's a guy that'll get, you know, he, 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 again, the speech is a little bit overblown. I'm going to say a little bit, but it was a lot of bit overblown. Okay, he wasn't, like, giving some sort of, like, you know, gladiator speech. What we do in this life echoes in it. But, you know, he is, he's, you know, better yet, um, even if he's just a, 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 a depth player, he's a fantastic guy for the community. Um, and if he were to come back for the White Sox, he can continue the work that he's done in the Chicago community. And I think that also is a really kind of cool thing because he has done some really good work. He might be a grump and KB loves him, but that was one of the things we laughed at. We're like, I can't believe you got yelled at for doubling off the wall on a 3-0 green light. You were given the green light by your coach and you doubled and he was mad and he was grumpy. We're but- making the all Missouri team. We're getting all these Royals. We're going to have all these former Cardinals. It's going to be great. <laughs> You're gonna be. You guys will start a mess. Nicky Lopez, Jason Bateman. Um, you can have. Uh, sorry, I was thinking of the meth. Then you could cover them if it's a meth team. There you go. Um, <laughs> Actually, I was thinking. I'm surprised the the Cardinals didn't sign. Uh, they didn't sign Clevenger or Kid Rock. That would have been a good fit. Clevenger feels like one of those guys that once like the big names kind of get weeded out, then then he'll get paid. He'll That's go. He'd be a perfect call. All right. We missed out on our guy who's left. All right. I see him going to like the Giants. I could see it. Clever yeah. was not bad last year. I would. I mean, I think he's worth giving a contract to. I mean, off field issues aside, but like by all accounts, he wasn't a bad teammate last year. I mean, he, he went about his business like a professional. He could was always competitive, even though they were losing 100 games. Like you could tell he was competing out there and he gave a shit. So I did appreciate that from old Clev. And the results speak for themselves. So he had a good year. He could theoretically end up in Colorado too. I, I, this is something nobody's talking about. Again, this is, I know it sounds really strange, but Giants, Cardinals, or excuse me, Giants and the Rockies both being kind of like the back end of that division now with the rise of the Diamondbacks. There is some sense of desperation within these organizations, I think. And you're going to – I would not be shocked to see both the Rockies – Breaking news! Guys. Breaking news! Yeah. <laughs> Are, you Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready, Mitch? Uh-oh. Well, is it actual breaking news? Yes. Well, oh, I oh. thought you were breaking show oh. to the Rockies. Wait, what? It's it's bigger than show to the Rockies. Of course, oh, no, no. The Seattle Mariners acquired catcher Sebi Zavala from the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I thought Missy was just saying that just because she I was crashing really? mommy earlier. But like, to the Mariners. Wow. Hey, good thoughts, Mitch. We have to do That's a, a great move from Seattle. Uh, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Seb to that lineup. <laughs> no, hey, you know what? Maybe they'll trade for Dylan C. They get the old battery mates back together. Yeah. You got your catcher. I can connect uh, our guest from Seattle that came on the podcast a couple months ago. Uh, 
Yeah, bring him bring with, him with back Sebi's, on uh, High school coach. I give I give a touch with Sebi's high school coach. Get get him on the because we remember we tried to have Sebi on, but Sebi uh was busy. Sebi flaked. Yeah, I, I, honestly, so hard. We have support Sebi flaked on the podcast. He was yeah. terrible last year. I made an ass of myself defending this man. I look like a fool, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Good for good for Seb. I hear the Pacific Northwest is nice. This time. Seattle like- Mariners fans, I think uh, they entered the offseason being like, hey, we can make a run at uh, Shohei. And then I think it came out a week ago that they're like, it's not realistic for them anymore. Uh, and now they get Sebi, though. So that should be that should make them feel better. What did they get uh, for him? Well, half a jar of mustard pickles? <laughs> well, how, what the hell is they? What, what is see. it? What's the update? Here? They got some Jardinier. <laughs> Uh, Bob Nightingale uh, update. Red, Red Mill burgers, perhaps some bacon from the Red Mill. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. Wait. Well, okay. So this was a follow-up tweet from Bob Nightingale. Zavala is a part of a bigger trade with the Mariners that the two sides have discussed for weeks. Oh. So I don't get if this is past tense. Like he was part of a bigger trade, but that broke off, or and this then they like just decided. Yeah, what's the, what's, what's the rest of this trade? Come on, Bob. Seb is a headliner in this trade. That would be <laughs> he is the big part of the trade. <laughs> hey, he's a talented oh, talent. Seb. Seb. Hey man, Sebi Zavala is a great depth catcher. And just a fun name to say. Seb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's also fun to say? Bo. I already saw. Bichette happens as a shirt uh, for obvious shirts. That was a good one. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, uh, or actually not sorry. We broke some news here. Big trade uh, live. Uh, good, good thing. We picked a good time slot today. There um, we go. Bob, come on, Bob. Update something. How is this part of a bigger trade? Uh, nothing. Nothing yet. All right. I do kind of like to think that Bob is uh, – he he's 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 he he hears stuff and he drops little nuggets. Like again, I think that's part of Bob's thing too. But like he like uh, how do you report this and not say the right? Re- like yeah. it's still out there. It just says Zavala is part of a bigger trade with the Mariners. So what what the hell's the rest of the trade between him and then Levine's fucking tweets where it's like, is this English? <laughs> what is this shit? God, please check. You know, double I, check. Double check Bruce has to use just speech to text, right? Yeah, like or he something. Just talks into the phone. Like, I hope this comes out right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, any other any other MLB offseason rumors or other tidbits you guys I, have seen? Want to talk about to end the show here? I think we covered it. I think. I mean, well, just again, this is Thanksgiving week, so the winter meetings are now upon us. So after, I mean, I don't think you're going to see it much. You know, after today, probably because the holiday. Although. I did point out this in a in a message. It's not Thanksgiving in Japan. That's true. Oh, Jed, Jed, late night trip. Black Friday. No, Jed's I, already I, there. Jed's there. <laughs> it's just <laughs> what 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 better way to celebrate Thanksgiving holiday than going? Oh, to actually, Jeez. actually, we can we can end on this. Back to Shohei Otani. It came out that he wants to hold private meetings, and he will hold it against teams. Yep. If anything leaks, that's why Jed is so valuable. That's why Jed's so valuable. He's a fucking, he's a ninja, man. He's going to go back in there and he's going to be like, you won't know Jed Hoyer has made a deal till the deal has been announced basically at this point. 
Hey, I like that though. That's a good, uh, good, good for Shohei. And look, I'm going to say this too. I don't think the phone call um, that I'm talking about was something that came from the Cubs, uh, from the person that, that that sent it to me. I think that they're more than likely to have a connection with the Blue Jays than the Cubs. So I'm assuming perhaps they heard about the call from the Blue Jays side of things, not the Cubs side of things. Just because okay, I get okay. that. That's that. I, the person that I, the person that is my source deals primarily with American league teams. I guess I'll put it that way. So that makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, Rick Hahn on the DMs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I still got Sylvie in my DMs right now. I think that's really funny. Hey, Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. There we go. He wants, he wants the inside info too. Yeah. I went on their show one time. I had just eaten a, a ghost chili or a, a Reaper pepper chicken finger. Selvin, we need a new quarterback. He yeah. had me after the All Star break, and I was like, <laughs> I was like burning and sweating and like pacing around the house because I, my mouth was burning at the time. But this one, no, they're they're okay. They're they they you know Waddle obviously, and we talked about snakes under the bed. What would you rather have, uh, a snake in your toilet or uh, a pack of baby snakes under your bed? And that was a really interesting debate that we had had. Um, what was your answer? Rather, I would rather have them uh, under the bed. I can just jump into the bed. I can, you know, if I'm taking a poo, I don't want to get bit in the butt. So, anyway, hater to the Cubs. Hmm. That uh, that's a, a interesting question. Um, I would not like that move. Hater's a hard guy to root for. It's like Mike Clevenger. It's it's yeah. also I know he's great, great closer. You need he's the shutdown guy. I did not like besides what happened before. His stuff that he was doing with the Padres being like, I'm not going to, I'm only getting three outs. If it's not a safe situation, don't, don't even think about uh, calling me up. Uh, uh, that kind of, that not, a guy, not a team guy. I agree. That's not what you want from a professional. I think he, he was literally like, well, we're not in the playoff race anymore. Which they were still technically. Like, yeah. They were, they were, they were like, until the last week. They were. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he was uh, thinking there. Um, Bob Nightingale just has not updated after just dropping that this is part of a bigger trade because wow. he is the bigger trade. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Just tomorrow he updates, and the trade is completed. Sebi Zavala to the Mariners for cash for cash considerations. Our favorite player. Yeah, I love Cash. He's such a good ball player. He, he brings about a lot of. Where is Cash? Where's our? He's a, he's in our little picture, aren't we? Where will Cash play though? <laughs> all right this is exactly if you're watching on youtube i was asked probably at least a dozen or more times where would Bo Bichette play and i just got so tired of answering it i just started posting this picture oh here we go oh shit okay it is a bigger trade mark oh, feinstand mlb.com uh, writer the diamondbacks are acquiring a eugenio suarez from the mariners damn that's a uh, that's a uh, mr delicious beef loves guy a eugenio suarez for Seb, so, that's a fair so, trade. That's a fair trade. <laughs> I think that I'm going on a limb. I think Seattle might have won that one. I think Seb. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. Push. Wow. All right. Okay. What are the other pieces here? That's because uh, if this is a one for one, yeah. I mean, Seattle that's getting like Sebi Zabala is a big one. He is. <laughs> Who else? Well, I mean, obviously the Diamondbacks are sending somebody else over. Uh, an, an outfielder, maybe. Uh, Let me just put Mariners because apparently every when I type in Seattle Mariners, all I get a. I mean, I like them. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy seeing Ken Griffey Jr. swing all day long, but 
Trying to see. Yeah, we got uh, D-backs acquiring Suarez per source. What so there we go. Oh, oh, we got Healy on the case. Dun, 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 dun. Now hit the latest button. BR walk-off per Ryan Divish. Ryan Divish is the one. Looks like he actually reported it first. And Bob and uh, Feinstein, of course, didn't credit the reporter on the ground that did it. Um, looks like it's Mariners are getting Carlos Vargas and Sebi Savala for Gino Suarez. Carlos Vargas. Okay. And this is from Ryan Divish. At Ryan, Ryan Divish. Correct credit to the person that actually broke it, not the scabs that copied their paste, but because they have a national audience can pretend to take credit for it. Carlos Vargas. Carlos Vargas. Relief pitcher. Diamondbacks. Oh, was this just kind of a salary dump? <laughs> Seems kind of like a salary dump here. Tanya Seb's the headline. They, they saw I, I mean, by the looks of it, uh, Mitch. And they're like, look at this guy. I think Seb Zavala might be. The World Series? I know he didn't play a game, but I mean, the clubhouse. <laughs> I'm seeing salary dump like throughout the comments. Yeah. Salary. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But freeing up money for Otani, let the cook cook. Whoa, God. I don't think this uh, is for Otani, but. <laughs> all right. I'd like good to see. For, good for the Mariners, I guess. Good for the. Di- I mean, the. Di- Eugenio Suarez, decent. Seattle fans are going to love when he goes off for a random July three home run game. <laughs> if you, probably make up half of his home runs that season. Seattle Mariners fans, just do a live stream every time that Sebi starts and uh, he'll home run. So. And then Ben and him times too. It'll just be like random spurts. Uh, Beef love tweeting out. Uh, random his, spurts. Uh, random. Funny. random spurts is just a word combo that makes me laugh. Random a spurts. Spurt. A seb spurt of homers. <laughs> <laughs> seb spurt. Oh no, it's a seb spurt. Oh, we All got right. a, uh, Andrew in our uh, DM or on the, in the chat says that he's good friends with the hater. Actually, a hate with hater, not the hater with hater. Says he's a really good guy and a great dad. Hey. A lot of these guys, look, they might be dickheads on the mound, but you got to be half a prick to be a good baseball pitcher anyway. So I don't mind guys being dickheads on the mound. If they're a good guy and they're a great dad, that's cool with me. Like, I mean, you know, they're not Pete Rose who, you know, introduces his mistress to a bunch of, you know, 12 year old kids like with the camp I was at a couple years ago where he's like, this is my mistress, not his wife, his mistress. <laughs> like, I would obviously love Josh Hader, the closing pitcher, to be on the Cubs because he's a top closer in Major League Baseball, but he's going to cost like, a hundred million dollars, maybe. I think the Cubs can just allocate that money yeah. better elsewhere. I think so. That would be and my you know main, what? Maybe my he, pushback. He, I, obviously, we don't know him. He probably is a good guy. I'm sure he is a good dad. But there's not. I mean, you brought it up. There is some red flags, like just from based off what we've seen, what we do know. Yeah, yeah. And did he have the tweet? Was he the one with the tweet back when he was like twelve? Yeah, it was when he was. I think it was during like the All Star game. Maybe he was pitching well. That's and then, right. Yes. But, no, but besides that, it's the what he was pulling off with the Padres is that that was be yeah that'd be like, yeah, that's the red flag we already yeah. apologize for that you know I'm all for second chance but yeah the Padres thing recently that, that's kind of a tough look was but that yes. part of the COVID stuff or no not with, Clevenger. with not the Clevenger COVID stuff that's different right no, yeah no that was different uh, no, I'm talking about him being like, I'm not going to pitch I'm if not it's not in the ninth inning. Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not a safe situation. Well, not me. More than That's, three yeah, outs. I would love a Josh Hader on my bike. You know, I'd sign me up. Chris Getz follows the White Sox GM tradition of getting a, a great closer when you have a bad team. <laughs> we made all these small moves to free up money for Josh Hader. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nice. 
We have our closer. I know we're down seven, but he's going to get some light work in today. Uh, he's not going to come in. It won't be a safe situation. It's going to be great for Hater. He's going to get the bag and then have to come in maybe like 20 games a year because they'll never be in the leagues. <laughs> we Robert so Hold on. You said he's going to get the bag. It, it, then he's not going to the White Sox. Yeah. Their shit comes in a Ziploc. <laughs> the way that Jerry likes to pay. Um, coming to the <laughs> end of the like show here. Single dollar bills spread out on the table. <laughs> like, yeah. like a couple, a couple singles, like a five, and then like a crumbled up ten. It's, it's the scene from uh, Friday when Smokey oh. is uh, counting the money to Big Worm, but it's the same five twenty bills, but it's five twenty dollar bills. Yeah, but it's 20, 20, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 100, 100, I got more here. Was it a? Is it rounders? Who? What is it? Where he puts the monopoly money in the middle of all the cash too? Uh, shit! I forget. Like, don't worry. This is a placeholder. This is where the actual money is going to be. That's uh, better than money, sir. Those are IOUs. <laughs> Four hundred thousand for a car. Might want to hang on to that one. Um, it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, going to Thanksgiving. Uh, we do for Zoe, for Mitch, for Kevin. We all want to say thank you for all the support. Another year. I know it's not the end of the year, but you know, let's give some thanks. Uh, a lot of support this year over the years. Mitch now in his second year. Kevin's basically been with the show. Like, I mean, we started in May and then he joined like what five months my, later. My anniversary, my five year anniversary is December 6th. There you go. That was my yeah, first so yeah, baseball takes, and you guys keep coming back every week. Yeah, yeah. Whatever we have the, oh, we some, of, some of the were, I think, my favorite was. And we were all in agreement, I think, at the time. We were dumbfounded uh, when there was the trade rumors between the Brewers and White Sox. Uh, White Sox sending Nick Madrigal to Milwaukee for Corbin Burns. And we we're like, why would the White Sox do that? <laughs> um, bad look, but you guys uh, kept coming back that after that. The P&I bump. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to jinx a player, good or bad, we're right there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Actually, real quick, before we go to real quick, baseball wise, what are you guys most thankful for right now in 2023 as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday? Uh, a tough question for me. <laughs> favorite team or the game itself? Anything you've seen? You know, okay, if you say you're thankful for fucking pitch clocks, I will jump through this goddamn camera. But um, think something you are thankful for right now, whether it's your team related or baseball as a whole related. You guys go first. I'm gonna have to think hard about this one. Ooh. I mean, I'm think. I know. Again, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, but uh, the last time that the Cubs could have signed a big superstar, it just never felt like that was a real possibility. And for them to be on Shohei Otani and them being expected to be in on Shohei Otani, it's come a long way from. Please meet with Bryce Harper. Please do something. Please don't settle. So, hey, we, we took some shit for a couple of years there, but the Cubs are finally maybe acting like a, like a big market team again. So that's thankful for that. I'm thankful for Zoe's timing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just told us. It's, it's, you got it's it. great no. how a random, how a random no. Seattle Mariners mm. money dump trade impacts like two. <laughs> Uh, White Sox Cubs podcast with Beef mm-hmm. Loaf loving Suarez and uh, Mitch being the number one uh, fan of Stubby's of <laughs> For no reason. Just 
For the record, I fully acknowledge that he was not a very good player, but I still stand by my <laughs> You still got to stand by your guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, Kevin, what are you thankful think? for baseball-wise? For, for me, I'm thankful that we are now on the back end of, of – of all, I mean, you, it, we, those of you that have been watching and listening to us for a long period of time, the, the trade deadline in 2021, we were live here uh, when when everything happened, when the team was basically, you know, cratered. Uh, obviously, the connections and the, uh, the emotions that 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 was the most emotional I've ever been on a podcast. I mean, obviously, we both like I think we both cried at least at one point. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of history there. And that that for me has taken a long time for me to recover um, because having a player that I coached do so much for the Cubs and have all that stuff happen all around it. Being a fifth generation Cub fan, someone that's lived, breathed and died the Cubs entire life. It's almost like you don't want your, the guys that you coach to play for your favorite team because this is what happens, I guess. But that, that really traumatized me a lot. I was very uh, untrusting. Um, I've said a lot of shit about Jed. I still think Jed is a snake in a sense that he'll tell you to your face and then stab you in the back, but that's fine. I think he does good at what he does. He's, he seems to be doing really positive job of, of taking other people's talent even if drafting it doesn't always seem to work out for him and i think now that we're here to this point i feel like i've now i feel like this has been therapeutic the council thing really was a big bump um but the fact is this isn't like a seat at the table kind of moment for the cubs the cubs aren't just leaking it out to that they have a seat at the table to sell tickets they are they are going for it and to me the road that's taken to get to this point the bullshit retool quote-unquote gaslighting and all that shit like now we're at this point it, you know, from the start of basically the trade of you Darvish in the offseason uh, prior to 2021, where they basically intentionally created the team. And then, and, and Zoe asks where Bo will play. Zoe, the answer is fairly simple where Bo will play. Toronto. Um, anyway, Toronto. <laughs> uh, me, I'd say I'm most thankful for the fact that the Cubs are acting like a big market, are being putting on their big boy pants, uh, and are back in the thick of this thing. I really do. I think that if I could be super, I'd be more thankful if the White Sox um, were also playing at an elite level too. And this could be a great Chicago red line kind of thing, but it just seems like it never seems to sync up. Um, I would, I, I really, you know, if I could have a Christmas wish, it would be that the Cubs and the White Sox are both top contenders and we can, we can actually ruminate about a possible red line world series, but right now where we're at I mean that crosstown classic, I think it was the closest that we'll ever get just because it was like, uh, Sox, you could tell we're on the rise and the Cubs were kind of on the back half their competitive years like still hanging in there i think that was the closest we'll ever get but even then it was kind of like they're both going different directions and now we're still going. but i'm thankful that we're we're beyond this now i think i'm thankful that the cubs are in a place where we can get excited and we can have these hot stove discussions about possibly making big boy moves that might you know send reverbs around the entire league the cubs being back in this conversation to me is probably what i'm most thankful for when it comes to the baseball or, or the cubs in general and, it, and you know what I'm thankful for this, for the fact that the fan base is also getting an opportunity because there's been a lot of pain, suffering, and the Cubs fan base has, has gone through this together, good and bad. And you know, this is a moment where the you know, when the Cub fan base is unified, it's one of the most special things in sports. We've experienced that as Cub fans. It's a very special thing. So I think I'm most thankful for the fact that yeah, that that, that we're at that point where, the, where we can all kind of come back to this. Let's win ball games as opposed to criticizing all the other stuff about how to build a winner now just fucking win and i like that mitch you got to see nikki two strikes dominate a new position uh trey mancini was in chicago for like four months uh what are you thankful for well i ain't gonna lie boys it's kind of <laughs> tough on the south side right now favorite broadcaster's gone 
the core that we were all following. Oh man, I forgot about Bonetti too. It's kind of getting kind of getting disemboweled. A lot of or they're all getting traded now. Disemboweled. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, the Game of Thrones unit thing comes right back. Yeah. Uh, all the all the guys that we were following that were supposed to be the future getting traded. The window is now closed. We got Chris Getz as our general manager. It's kind of tough, but I will say this: we're going the cheesy route. I, you know, I've been a Sox fan for a while, and because of you know the being a Sox fan, it's given me an opportunity to write about them every day, which I love doing. To cop on here with you guys, talk baseball every week. Um, and you know, we got, uh, met a lot of cool people through being baseball fan, just covering the white Sox, being able to do this, all the people I've met through Twitter and whatnot. So that is what I am thankful for in the baseball world that despite all their mediocrity, I have gotten to, uh, you know, get a, get a chance to talk baseball with you guys every week and meet a lot of cool people in the process. So that is what I am grateful for. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful. And we're grateful. And as always, thankful, grateful, grateful for us. Thankful for, uh, all support. Everyone who tunes in every week, mm-hmm. listens uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, for Zoe, he would also say the same. Uh, He's also thankful for Cars too. And, big uh, Cars too. Yeah. People forget though, Zoe had a lapse. I I remember for like one week he said that Planes was better. I don't even know what Planes is. That's a bad take. Yeah, it is. He but he went back very fast because we we're like, what? Uh, I have to find that. I swear he tweeted it out like three years ago. And this is maybe why it was it was COVID brain. Maybe it was COVID brain. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Uh, Never mind. But for but for <laughs> Mitch, for Kevin, Zoe, and Baby Zoe, uh, we're on the show as well. I'm Aldo. Until next week, everyone listening, watching, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, see you next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. Season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season make it all change. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game.